0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, May 5th, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. The FDA today has officially broadened the definition of tobacco products to include e-cigarettes, even though e-cigarettes are quite likely to be far safer than the traditional kind. The decision could, perhaps ironically, lead many former smokers who currently use e-cigs to take up smoking again. Terence Keeley is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute and a professor of clinical biochemistry at the University of Buckingham in the United Kingdom. We spoke today. What are they relying on in saying that, that this is something good and proper to do?
1: Well, they're certainly relying on certain scientific papers, one of which I have in front of me here. They're also relying on a general prejudice and a general public concern that vaping, as we call it, uh, e-cigarettes, as can also be called, might actually be a gateway rather than a closure to more dangerous activities such as cigarette smoking. Okay, so the study that they that they rely on, what does it say? Well, I have one of the seminal studies in front of me here, um, published in the Journal of the American Medical Association of Pediatrics a couple of years ago. And um, the title is Electronic Cigarettes and Conventional Cigarette Use, among US adolescents, a cross-sectional study. And it's very interesting. If you read this paper, it shows very clearly that school children who smoke cigarettes are also more likely to smoke e-cigarettes. And the way the paper is written, it is trying to push the reader of this paper into believing that one might cause the other. And particularly, the danger is that e-cigarettes might be causing Uh, conventional tobacco cigarette smoking. That is how the paper is being written, and that is how it has been presented in in FDA and other literature. But if you look carefully at the paper, it is very clear, and the authors themselves acknowledge it, they have reported only an association. And you'd expect an association if people, even young children, are smoking tobacco cigarettes, and they want to give it up, and they do it by adopting e-cigarettes, which is the best one of the best ways of giving it up, then of course you're going to get that association. But that's a very positive association. That's people who smoke cigarettes, giving up cigarettes and taking up e-cigarettes as a way of weaning themselves off cigarettes. So the very study that is often invoked to justify regulation of e-cigarettes is actually a study that could probably in fact indicate that the smoking of e-cigarettes is a good thing.
0: If the FDA here is relying on evidence that indicates there's an association, how do they then make that leap to say, Well, we know what is really behind this association.
1: They don't and ultimately, this is the precautionary principle. And the precautionary principle, as we all know, is one of the most powerful and dangerous weapons that government agencies have. Because the government agency, when it calls for regulation, uh, premises its call on the basis that it, the government agency, is a thoroughly good thing that knows best for everybody else. we must invoke the precautionary principle, just in case there's a terrible danger down the line that no one understands. So no one knows actually if young children, and of course you know you're talking about people who actually are perfectly intelligent. There's a legal age, uh, or say below the age of 18, saying which you can call these children children rather than young adults. But in point of fact, they're perfectly capable of taking decisions based on common sense. After all, they're allowed to drive cars in most states in this country, uh, below the age of 18. Uh, but you can use the, the theoretical chance of their being under the age of 18, and therefore not completely uh, conscious of every decision they could possibly taking, to justify the increasing the power of the state. And this is, this is, abuse is a strong word, but this is exploiting a potential danger that no one has shown is there to increase the power of an agency.
0: But even if you can take the precautionary principle on its face, there are known harms of tobacco and if people find it easier to use electronic cigarettes in order to wean themselves off of explicitly tobacco products, you would have to at least weigh the known harms of tobacco against the potential unknown harms of e-cigarettes. Is there any evidence that that's what they've done?
1: No, and, and in fact, that's why this is such a dangerous uh, step forward, because this, this new regulation is going to support, as regulations always do, a handful of big suppliers. It's, it, it's estimated to cost up to a million dollars per product to go through the regulatory process for the next two years. That's going to drive out what is currently a very brisk market with many uh, suppliers providing these in the market. Many of these are going to be driven out by the cost of regulation, leaving the market in the hands of a small number of e-cigarette producers, many of which, of course, paradoxically, are owned by the big tobacco companies who have a very curious set of vested interests here. And so what you're going to end up doing is making products more expensive than they otherwise would be and less attractive than they otherwise would be and therefore making it more difficult for young people to give up tobacco smoking via the e-cigarette route. It's a very bad thing indeed.
0: You suggest that there is a relationship between this kind of regulation and the war on drugs which has been waged for decades in the United States and around the world.
1: This absolutely fits within the pattern of America's war on drugs, which has been waging ever since President Nixon started it, well over 40 years ago now. And it's a war that has been comprehensively lost. In fact, it was a war that was lost over prohibition. The prohibition experiment was a disaster, which is, of course why it was repealed and The war on drugs has been a disaster, which is why that too is now finally becoming reevaluated. We see how marijuana is finally becoming at least decriminalized, if not positively legalized, not just in America but in many European countries as well. The question isn 't. Is tobacco smoking good for you? Of course it's not. The question isn't even, is us e-cigarettes good for you? Of course they're not, they're they're nothing like as dangerous as conventional cigarettes. The question is, is this an appropriate forum for the state? If the state moves in, does it make it better or worse than it otherwise would? We simply have no evidence. And I think what I'm calling for here is evidence-based legislation. We simply have no evidence that FDA regulation in the area of e-cigarettes is going to have a beneficial outcome. The evidence just isn't there. And if indeed there is widespread concern over the e-cigarettes, I would actually advocate you got 50 independent states in this country. I would allow them each to decide for themselves what legislation, what regulation they're going to bring in on a statewide basis so we can actually see in 50 independent experiments what happens five years down the line when different states employ different regulations to see what the actual outcome in the end is on young people smoking tobacco and e-cigarettes.
0: Terence Keeley is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute and a professor of clinical biochemistry at the University of Buckingham in the United Kingdom. This month marks 10 years of the Cato Daily Podcast. Subscribe and share at cato.org slash podcast.